0: welcome to the 13th episode of the joshua young podcast today i have an incredible guest that i'm super excited about welcoming to the show it's jordan hansen welcome to the show jordan
1: hello thanks for having me
0: thank you for being here i got to meet jordan back in 2016. I was running my catering company, and I asked a good friend of mine if they knew of anyone that was super passionate about food, and they referred me to Jordan Guy Hudson and let me check out his Instagram account. I looked at his Instagram account, and he had incredible plating abilities and was a guy that was instantly, uh, well, obviously interested in food and had a severe passion for it. I invited Jordan to join me for a tasting dinner that I was putting on over at a uh, ranch called Camelot in Billings, Montana, and... At the end of serving six courses, I asked him if he would like to continue to be interested in what we were doing, and he was super on board with it. He seemed to be slightly impressed by the very least on the food that I was producing and what we were creating, and I thought his talents of just being able to plate and his natural ability in order to create food in the kitchen was super evident through just that small time. From... There, he ended up jumping on as our first full-time employee with Elements Catering, uh, becoming the sous chef, and then him and I competed for the chef position at Elements Catering, where we did a multiple-course tasting dinner, and all of our friends and guests got to pick which person created the best menu, and he blew me out of the water with about 40 votes to my two votes, uh, absolutely crushing, showing that he was at uh most certainly the best chef between the two of us and then when we ended up moving from Billings Montana my partner and I Scotty he ended up buying the company from us and continues to run it so there's introduction to the most incredible Jordan Guy Hotson
1: well thanks yeah uh
0: super excited to talk about what the catering industry looks like what kind of inspired you in your career thus far, and what things you have going forward? But before we dive into everything, just give me a wrap up of what the last twelve months has looked like, and what uh, you know COVID has meant for the catering industry
1: in your own life. Um. Well, the last twelve months has been dead to say the least. Uh, tons of my events scheduled throughout the year ended up being canceled uh i still had a small handful of things just really small scale events i did a little bit of stuff for uh, a bank just catering for their crew during the lockdown and everything um so that they didn't have to go out into the public to get food um but Other than that, I really just did like a couple of little events here and there, Uh, but nothing too exciting at all. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: I mean, restaurants got hit harder and of course catering industry just uh, works off of the back end of what restaurants are doing and how those Mm -hmm. look. Did you have any challenges sourcing ingredients during this time?
1: Um, it was a little challenging to find, uh, anywhere I could get meat in bulk at first. Uh, but that was really just like the first month probably of COVID, uh, just when everybody was just buying everything, like when all the shelves were empty and then there were limits on how many things you could buy, um. I've been kind of small scale. I, I everything had been a little bit smaller scale uh leading up to that. I hadn't had any very big events for a while, so I hadn't even been used utilizing um Cisco or anything like that. Uh so it was a little bit of a challenge, but we figured it out.
0: What did you have to do to figure it out?
1: Um mostly just multiple <laughs> Uh, like I'd have to go to different Albertsons, like I'd have to hit multiple Albertsons in one day or go to Costco multiple days in a row, stuff like that. Everything was so small scale though, that it didn't, it wasn't really a big deal.
0: Was there any trends that you saw develop in the food industry business from 2020?
1: Um, I think to go alcohol is pretty cool. Ah, what
0: did that look like?
1: Uh, Just, I mean, you can order whatever cocktails or whatever you want. They just put them in a to-go cup for you when you went in to pick stuff up. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: I wasn't familiar with that. I don't
1: drink cocktails at my house.
0: What? I wasn't familiar with that. Did they not do that in your neck of the woods? Uh, I mean, I wasn't drinking in 2020, so I didn't really <laughs> search if that was a thing or not.
1: I did have to lay off the drinking in 2020, mostly uh, just because Haley was pregnant, so we just weren't drinking, so <laughs> well, I just thought it was neat you could get cocktails to go. That's cool. That's
0: cool that you uh, didn't drink with her. That's a, a really em- empathetic way of going about things.
1: Well, I did a lot of work on myself in 2020, and sobriety was helpful, so...
0: What did uh, the work look like that you did on yourself?
1: Um, that's a big question.
0: That is a big question. And you can just say sure. uh-huh. the smallest amount. I just know that like historically, people in the food and beverage industry, it doesn't have a reputation for having the best mental health. Like the turnover rate is yeah. insane. It's got the highest de- dependency on alcohol and drugs and any other industry. And so whenever I find someone who is uh, um, either succeeding in it, being healthy, or even has longevity in it, I find that to be extremely impactful for what is not the norm in the industry standard.
1: Yeah, definitely. Going into 2020, I was in a pretty poor state of mental health. It had been a couple of years of uh, working at multiple jobs, um, just trying to stay afloat. Uh, late nights, early mornings, lack of sleep has a huge impact on people's mental health. Um, so I, I don't know, the, the slowness and being able to spend lots of time at home just with my own thoughts was a little daunting at first. But uh, ultimately it was really good for me just to process and just learn more about myself without a busy life with just like a lot of time to do nothing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I tend to I feel like people tend to to turn more towards alcohol and drugs in times like that, but, uh, I let all that stuff go and just spent a lot of time with my own thoughts and hashed some stuff out. Uh, got some sleep. <laughs> so I don't know, that know. All, all of those things just came together to improve my mental health in general.
0: Most excellent. I can speak from just being friends with you from the last few years. You do seem to be like the happiest you've ever been in this current state. I would agree with that statement excellent um yeah a way to go against the whole drugs and alcohol when as you said that is kind of the traditional route when things get difficult most people do tend to go towards that (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, whereas um talk to me about when you started getting interested in food Was this something that like you were seven years old and like knew you wanted to be a chef or did this develop later on in your life?
1: Um, I mean, I've always just absolutely loved eating. I love eating so much. I could just eat all the time. If if it didn't have any negative impacts on me and my health, I probably just would never stop eating. Um, I wasn't really interested in doing food though uh until i was an adult i I wasn't all that into food in general because we ate at home pretty much always when i was a kid my dad always cooked dinner uh so i hadn't had that much good food because he was just a terrible cook (laughs) i I had never had anything less than a well-done steak until i was an adult um So I, I don't know. I, I just, I just discovered good food as an adult and have just been in love ever since. Um, and just always thought once I started making good food, I just fell in love with doing that. Uh, and just, I cooked at home all the time for a while before I even got into the food service industry in any capacity. Um, And I just loved playing around and trying new things uh, and decided that I was interested in what it would be like to do that as a job. So I got into the industry and just loved, loved it ever since there's been ups and downs, but I always love making food. I've always been kind of artistic, but I've always been bad at art, like traditional art. So food was like my, my medium, I guess
0: as a good chef should have that as their medium when you uh, first started cooking at home and started diving into the world of culinary what were those first few months like what did you start experimenting more with what were you enamored by i know for myself like i when i like my first few months into the cooking industry it um i was like super into scrambled eggs and finding all of the different flavors that you could incorporate into scrambled eggs based off of seasonings and just being like, man, scallions mm-hmm. with lime is completely different than like, you know, cinnamon and nutmeg. And those, you know, play both well on an omelet.
1: I don't know if I ever really spent a whole lot of time doing anything like that. Um The first stuff I really got into was like smoking and barbecuing. Um So I did a lot of that. Um I love all the cuisines, but, uh, I do just love a good cheeseburger. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just, I've always liked cooking all, all, kinds of things. So I just, that's, that's what I do is I'm always trying new stuff. Uh, we have a few staples I do around the house, but that's also why I love catering, custom catering is just cause I can build a brand new menu every time.
0: I'm with you. Custom catering was kind of the saving grace for me in the food world instead of going to a restaurant and like perfecting a few dishes and then just doing that year after year. uh, That did not seem sustainable long term for myself or even short term. So it was nice that you continued on the tradition of like wanting to continue to and um, add variety to the food that is being offered to the Billings public.
1: Yeah, Hmm? just doing the same stuff over and over again just gets old
0: yes it certainly does Uh, what are the staples in your house
1: um my wife is a pretty picky eater so not anything too exciting Uh, we do steak a lot which is totally fine with me uh i grill a lot even in the non-grilling months At home, we're really mostly like 90% just meat and vegetables and potatoes. We do soups and stews, but other than that, the only time we really venture much differently from any of that stuff is like tacos, which are pretty basic (laughs) in our house anyways, not the ones I cater. Yeah. Having a picky wife kind of limits what I can play with at home a little bit.
0: Well, maybe that'll either prepare you well for your new daughter's palette or it might just make you, um, well, maybe maybe your new child will be the female in the house that actually starts developing a fantastic
1: palette. I'm, I'm really, really hoping I can I can change that. Say I'm really stoked to start playing around in the kitchen with her. I can't wait until she's old enough to come help me
0: out. That is so exciting, man oh what soups and stews do you
1: make nothing out of the ordinary chicken noodle soup tomato soup uh stews i tend to not stick with recipes as much just whatever is laying around um lots of crock pot stuff because that's stuff haley can manage doing on her own i i've met quite a few people
0: who are in the food industry business where when they come home they are not the person who cooks so like if they're cooking they're going back out to eat
1: Yeah, that that does that does play a role in what kind of stuff I'm willing to do at home, just because usually at the end of the day, I don't really want to be spending another hour or two in the kitchen. So most of the stuff I do at home is relatively easy and quick. That was the way it was for myself, too. Um, What uh,
0: inspired what things have inspired you into your cooking career?
1: Um, I've always been a huge fan of David Chang. I love chinese or not chinese, asian food in general and i just think a lot of the stuff he does is really cool honestly like one of the people online i started following like right when i started getting into cooking was uh food wishes and i know he doesn't do a lot that's like that new or interesting but it's just like a lot of solid good food like he does all kinds of different stuff and i feel like that's a really good point for anybody that wants to get into food uh is food wishes just because everything's easy there's not any crazy complicated techniques i feel like that's a good intro but uh serious eats is really good too i love how in depth they go uh and how they explain the science oh and that reminds me uh good eats i have always been a huge alton brown fan
0: alton brown's an og of the food industry
1: yeah he's one of the only like mainstream food network chefs i actually like a lot
0: i like uh bobby flay on the food network just because he's like actually chefing it when he comes in like he'll compete against people and do two hours three hours of cooking like alongside someone else he's not as much of a just Uh like a a
1: critic if you will Mm -hmm. i can't say i've really watched any bobby flay shows i mean i grew up seeing lots of food network stuff because my grandma and my uncle both cook okay (laughs) <laughs> but they they just always watched Food Network. It was just always on in their houses. So, What
0: are you currently excited about cooking or putting on menus this um, coming
1: year? Trying to think of some menus I've got coming up. Uh, the closest event I've got is just a pasta bar, so that's not super exciting. <laughs> I'm really just excited about expanding in general. I don't know about any specific menus, but I told you that we are selling our house and getting a food truck. So that's going to be fun to cater out of. And I still have to conceptualize a menu for that. So I'm, I'm leaning towards smash burgers though. So I'm excited about that. I think that's probably the direction I'm going to go.
0: That is so exciting. What does a smash burger menu look like?
1: I mean, I still haven't really conceptualized it yet, uh, but I want to have really awesome fries. If I can't make good fries, then I'm not going to do this (laughs) Um, in milkshakes. I feel like cheeseburgers and milkshakes just go hand in hand. And I'm going to use Robert's ice cream. So, Oh, who's Robert? I don't know. Robert Robert Smith. uh, He is starting just this year. He's been doing a little bit so far, but he's trying to scale up now. Uh, Pastel Creamery and he makes his own interesting ice creams. He doesn't really do a whole lot of traditional stuff. He's really playing around with a lot of new flavors and stuff, so I'm really excited to incorporate that into my menu. That's
0: awesome. I love how many brands you can incorporate into your business in the food and beverage industry.
1: That's part of what I love so much about food is collaborating with other people. I love the way food brings people together.
0: What's been one of your favorite events to do from the past?
1: Um, I really like course dinners even though those tend to be some of the more stressful ones with figuring out how you're going to plate a bunch of stuff, but I I just I really love the plating. Um, my favorite one was probably our competition dinner. And that might have to do with the awesome party that happened at the end of that. <laughs> It was a ton of fun just us going head to head in the kitchen and plating. I really like all those all those events though where we plate. I prefer the smaller scale ones. Plating for 200 people is a little much. My favorites are like in home, like if I'm plating just for like a group of like 6 or 10 people doing a multi-course for them, that's that's a lot of fun. I'm
0: with you. Those were always it allowed the most surprise and delight from the guests where there was good conversation that was sparked through the food and usually people were willing to dive into a multi-course dinner and try foods that you never would have ordered off of a menu but they were still willing to like buy a ticket because they're like okay maybe i won't be super jazzed about one of the courses but there's still gonna be four or five that i love and maybe the course they didn't think they were going to like became their
1: favorite yeah, I, I that 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 just kind of takes me back to like what you when you were asking about like why I got into this, and I would honestly say that the way that food brings people together probably interests me way more than the food itself. There's just something special that happens when people come together and break bread together, and great. that really that really shows in those smaller scale intimate
0: events. One thing that's great about catering is you're just constantly doing parties. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what's one of the more unique flavor combos that you enjoy providing people that they might not be familiar with? I know for myself, one thing that you gave me a ton of crap for, and everyone does whenever I used to put it on a menu, was a pea and white chocolate soup with macadamia nuts. Uh And everyone is just like,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, of course. (laughs) And everyone is just like, that's going to be disgusting. And they eat it and it blows their mind.
1: It really does. I'm not like super into that dish, but like I was blown away by how well it worked when I finally tasted it. Interesting combinations. I'm not going to being put on the spot like this. (laughs) Just one of my my recent events, I feel like when you tell people that aren't that into food about it, they think it seems weird. But I just did this like sesame glazed beef with some uh, bacon roasted Brussels on polenta. And I did like a honey glaze on the Brussels. And I know that doesn't sound like that crazy, but people think something like that is going to be weird. Like, (laughs) honey glazed Brussels sprouts. Cause a lot of people are unsure about Brussels sprouts cause they've never had good ones and then mixing sweets and vegetables is a little weird to people that aren't super into food. Uh, but that dish was, was a hit. I just had a small plates event like a week ago and I did that on the menu. So that
0: sounds fantastic. How'd you do your sesame glaze?
1: Uh, soy sauce, mirin, apple juice brown sugar, uh, simmered with some carrots and onions and scallions. And then I sous vide the beef in that juice. And then I finish off the beef in the oven and reduce the juice down into a glaze. God, that sounds great. It was fantastic. I really love that dish. Yeah. Well done. Oh, and sesame oil, that's where the sesame comes from, (laughs) from what? sesame oil. I forgot to list that off in the ingredients. That's great. Uh,
0: what's your favorite dessert to make?
1: Uh, you really got me hooked on pot creme. It's so easy to do sous vide in the mason jars, and it's really, really versatile. You can play with any combination of flavors in the pot de creme and toppings, and it's just even just a plain pot de creme by itself with no toppings. is fantastic, but putting stuff on it really takes it up
0: yeah poda is a custard that's got about twice as many egg yolks in it than a creme way has in it and you don't toast this top which makes it as you said extremely versatile my favorite poda topping um by far is apple pie kit kats to put on top
1: apple pie kit kats I can't even say I've heard of those they're incredible do yourself a favor one, one I just did last week uh, on that Small Plates event was a ginger pot de creme with a spiced rum cherry sauce and crumbled gim- ginger snap cookies, and that was pretty bomb.
0: That sounds fantastic. That sounds real good.
1: Uh, and you can just you can do any combination of flavors to fit whatever season you're in. You can make it springy with some berries and mint or fall with some sweet spices.
0: I remember doing a pot de creme uh, where I did a cinnamon pot de when creme topped it with what I called churro crumble on top which is just oh, yeah. cinnamon toast crunch.
1: I remember this one, yeah. <laughs> the, the that pe- was bomb. <laughs>
0: it was so good. But the people uh, when we came back to like, collect our dishes from the event, they're like is your crushed up churros? Is that just cinnamon toast crunch? I'm like ah, you caught me. <laughs> If you're doing a multi-course dinner, what in your mind makes a good first course? Because personally, I try to stray away from salads as a first course. I think they have their place, but
1: uh, yeah, I'm curious for you. That's that's always been my struggle. I'm like, man, should I do a salad or should I do soup? And I know those are both like the traditional options, but they're also just good intros to meals. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people when I'm consulting with people, they usually want a salad. So I end up doing that a lot. But if it's totally up to me, uh, it's usually soup because I just love good soups.
0: Yeah, I think a good soup can blow people out of the water more than a good salad can.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: That is the uh, meat of the podcast where I talk about kind of where the person is... uh, in their current life, and what's going on with them. Now we transition into something called the sweets of the podcast, where I just want to get Jordan Hudson's take on whether these subjects are overrated or underrated. All right. All right. You can give as much description as you possibly want. First one, Uber Eats.
1: Uber Eats. That (laughs) one... I don't know. I'm a little conflicted about that one. I mean, it's I'm sure it's, it's probably saved a lot of restaurants throughout the pandemic, being able to have a delivery service like that, but they do take a decent cut from the restaurants for that service. I don't really utilize it like ever just cause it's expensive. And I'd way rather just go pick it up and give my money to the restaurant. However, It did give me a job when I didn't have much work during the pandemic. It was really nice to just be able to be like, I need some money today, go do deliveries for a couple hours and then be done. Uh, The freedom of it is nice. Even though it's less than ideal work, there wasn't much work to do in 2020 because of the pandemic. That did help me out, even though I don't necessarily like supporting them by utilizing their delivery service.
0: Sounds like a catch-22. So yeah, do you think overall overrated or underrated or properly rated?
1: Probably a little overrated. Yeah. I can't believe how many people are willing to pay like 10 bucks extra to get a Starbucks coffee. All right. Next one. (laughs) Gordon Ramsay. I do. I do like some of what Gordon Ramsay does, but I would say probably a little overrated. Yeah. I don't know. He's just, he's just, he's still somewhat of an old school chef and he's still a little bound by rules which i'm not a fan of but he does have good recipes but yeah i think probably overrated even though i still kind of like him overrated all right all right
0: got boozy kombucha cocktails
1: i can't say i've ever had a kombucha cocktail so i don't i don't know if i can have an opinion on that until i have one i do love kombucha but i've never made a cocktail out of it so i don't know
0: Black truffle oil.
1: Definitely overrated. It does have its place, but way, way overrated. And a lot of times, the flavoring in black truffle oil is artificial flavoring. So, consider that.
0: Consider that on your $12 bottle. Rick and Morty.
1: That that one's complicated because I really, really love Rick and Morty. I really enjoy that show. I think it's hilarious, but the weird culty following it has is is yeah it's a little weird the way some people follow that show so even though it's fantastic it is a little overrated by some people i love this game because of that because it's not about whether you like
0: something or not it's just kind of like the perception is it that's too hyped even though i love it it's probably overrated eminem the rapper not the candy
1: uh I, I don't think eminem is overrated he's one of the goats even though he's got i don't know he's got a lot of hit and miss songs for me but in general i do like eminem yeah, me too and i don't think he's overrated that's fantastic uh Betafish. fish Beta fish are totally underrated some people, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of them, but people don't know what they're doing and they don't take good care of them. But as a simple little pet to bring some joy to your life, totally underrated. I love my betta fish.
0: It's <laughs> great. My right. phone
1: is sitting on top of my beta tank right now. <laughs> Fantastic.
0: Air fryers.
1: I have not used an air fryer ever, so I don't think I can have an opinion on that.
0: Yeah, they're very new. As far as like, they're kind of like the new Insta Pot.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I don't know though. I mean, it's probably a lot healthier. I mean, it's not probably a lot healthier. It's definitely a lot healthier than deep frying everything. So that's that's a bonus. And if you can still get crispy, tasty stuff out of it, then I don't see why that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I just I've never used one, so I can't I can't really have an opinion.
0: Yeah, fair enough all right Jordan that is the show minus two things one where can people find you if they want to know more about you
1: uh I am on Instagram uh elements catering man what's my handle
0: uh I think it's omens uh, uh dash catering dash
1: no underscore underscore. No, underscore not dash uh my website is elementscatering.co and we're also on Facebook right on so we'll probably have some new things coming within the next year once the food truck is up and running uh but right now that is where
0: i am so excited for your food truck i think that is going to open so many doors for you and allow you to provide so much value to the people you serve
1: yeah because i'm not just running a food truck i'm using it for catering so i'll the the food truck itself just running the food truck will probably be secondary That'll just open up a lot of possibilities for catering.
0: So exciting. All right. So you get to finish out the show by asking me a single question.
1: I wasn't prepared for that at all. No, no one is. Asking you a single question. What is the most exciting thing you have experienced since leaving Montana?
0: Yeah, okay. Most exciting thing since leaving Montana. Um, I was able to... Go do some ayahuasca ceremonies when I was in Costa Rica and Mexico, and uh, that's that was very enlightening for myself. And then it's also great that the person who like sat, who's a a non sort of, he calls himself a not shaman, uh, but the guy who like administers this entire process, um, to help you just like have the most enjoyable and like insightful experience that you possibly can is also going to be one of the last people on this podcast circuit that i'm doing right now oh, man. yeah yeah i'm super jazzed so renato is going to be making an appearance um so yeah that was probably the most exciting and uh, i'll probably go into more details on what that looked like during that podcast
1: i see i'm really glad that's what you answered with because that's what i wanted to ask about but <laughs> I, I wasn't <laughs> sure how to ask out, right?
0: Yeah, uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll just lose like 20% of my user base right now based off of that. But I think uh, I'm sorry I,
1: did that. <laughs>
0: I think uh, learning how to discover more about yourself through whatever ways you possibly can in the healthiest manner possible is extremely, extremely helpful for my mental health and probably for everyone else's mental health uh-huh. as well.
1: That's really exciting that you got to do that. Mm-hmm. in like a real setting and not just like at home yeah
0: not just like homebrew mm-hmm. by some guy who doesn't know what they're doing
1: yeah, yeah. just your your weed dealer in his basement
0: <laughs> yeah i would advise against that for anyone uh
1: yeah. you're messing yeah. with the dmp yeah.
0: try and be as conscious as you possibly can <laughs> cool jordan absolute pleasure having you on the show my man thank you
1: thanks for having
0: oh, Buttons smashed